Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Welcome back to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. We are starting our team preview series. We did this series last year and it was tremendously successful. What we're doing is getting as many beat reporters as possible around the college basketball scene to come on and talk about the team. We got about 30 last year. We're looking to hit about 50 this year for you. Gus and I are splitting up, dividing up and getting as many teams as we can to bring the beat reporter in and then to give you our analysis afterward. And who better to start with than the Kansas Jayhawks. Last year, Bill Self took the team to the Final Four. Everybody buried the Kansas Jayhawks, said it was their year, that they weren't going to win the Big 12, the streak was going to stop, it was going to stop at Unlucky 13, and sure enough, they powered through. They won the Big 12 behind Devontae Graham, who was Big 12 Player of the Year, and then they made the Final Four after defeating Duke in a classic Elite Eight game. So we bring on today Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. Jesse was with us last year. He's a fantastic reporter. Please follow him on Twitter at Jesse Newell. He's going to talk about late night at the fog. He's going to talk about the deep bench that Kansas has, who he thinks is going to be the starting point guard, and what the impact of Dietrich Lawson really can be. He's getting a lot of publicity right now. Bill Self has been talking about him. Can he be their third straight Big 12 player of the year in Kansas? I think there's a chance that it can happen. So we'll bring Jesse Newell in. Kansas Jayhawks, screen the screener, beat reporter, team preview series is kicking off. Rock, chalk, Jayhawk. Let's hear what Jesse has to say. Please welcome to the show Jesse Newell, who covers Kansas Jayhawks basketball for the Kansas City Star. You can follow him on Twitter at Jesse Newell. Jesse joined us last year to kick off our team preview series, and he is back again this year to talk rock chalk Jayhawks basketball. Jesse, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Uh, doing great, Mike. How about yourself? Very good. And, well, last year it was Little Yachty up there on the stage with Bill Self at Late Night at the Fog, and this year it was 2 Chains. So, I mean, when are we going to get Jesse Newell up there doing some rapping at Late Night, huh? Listen, that's the last thing that you want. Um, you know, there's, there's some good white rappers out there, you know, Eminem and some of, some of his protégés. Uh, you do not want Jesse Newell out there doing that. Uh, n- definitely not my scene, but, uh, you know, I, I did. I had a really good seat at late night, so I tried my hardest to at least look up and give my attention to uh, two chains as he was performing. And so when I'm in the background of all those photos, uh, at least I was paying attention. Well, that, that's tremendous. And listen, it's always a great start to the college basketball season, and the Jayhawks are coming off a great, great year. All the signs were there last year, Jesse, that they were in trouble. I bought in myself. I thought this was going to be the year that stops the streak. They lost those three home games, Arizona State, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State. Then they also lost in Kansas City to Washington, but I learned on social media that you do not say that that was a home game for Kansas. I learned that the hard way. The, the diehard fans do not count that, but everyone at Berry, Kansas, they They said they were not going to get the 14 straight title, and Bill Self pulls it out yet again. And to top it off, they beat Duke and make the Final Four. That's the third of Bill Self's 15-year career. What a tremendous season down in Lawrence, huh? Yeah, it definitely was. And a little bit different feel than some past years, and honestly a different feel than what this year is going to be, just because, as you mentioned, um, the expectations were a little bit lower last year. Now, that didn't mean that they weren't picked to win the Big 12 in the preseason or that they were really expected to um, fall off the map as, in terms of like not going to the tournament or something. But yeah, there were big question marks about this Kansas team about, uh, you know, who would step forward? How would they survive? If they weren't very good defensively. Uh, how could they play small ball and win? And, you know, you have to give credit to the coaching staff and the Bill Self. The last couple of years, they really have reinvented themselves and they played to 
the ceiling of their particular team. And so this, this became a four out one in team. This became a team that won with offense and got by with defense. And while it's not a way that I think that Bill Self loves to play, it was an effective way to play. And so that was his worst defensive team by far last year. But like you said, still able to win the big 12 going away, still able to, to get to the final four and be the very good Duke team in the elite eight to make it there. So, yeah, I think a lot of credit goes to the coaching staff. I'm not sure that five or ten years ago that Bill Self would have gotten a team like that to that, the heights that it did, but uh, he really, in the last few years, has been able to uh, look at his pieces, look at his roster, and figure out the best way to manage it, and uh, I think that very much fell through last year. No, tremendous, and people had had been burying them all year and saying that they were in trouble, and then not only to win it, but to beat Duke at the end. That that That's the uh, the icing on the, on the cake there for sure. The Jayhawks are back again, though. We, we have a nice run here looking at an absurd 15th straight Big 12 title. It's all about sustained success down there in Kansas, and, and the Jayhawks have it at the highest level. I want to start with the Lawson brothers, Diedrich and KJ. Many are touting, and Coach Self has even indicated this as well, that Diedrich could be a possible third Big 12 player of the year in a row for Kansas. Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, of course, but it, it, he is being touted as pretty much having that impact this year that could happen. Both Lawson brothers, they transferred from Memphis. Diedrich was averaging 19 points, 10 rebounds per game as a sophomore uh, for the Tigers. KJ's a solid player, projects sort of as the first guy off the bench. How good are the Lawson brothers, and should we really start believing in the hype that Kansas can really have three Big 12 Player of the Years in a row? Yeah, I definitely think so with Diedrich. Uh, if you hear Bill Self talk about him, uh, he absolutely glows about and, and, and talks highly of what Diedrich Lawson can potentially do. And when you hear the comparisons that he makes, you know, it goes back in time to players that have been big cool players of the year in the past. And the number one comp that, you know, Bill Self talks about with Marcus is Marcus Morris with, with Diedrich Lawson. And he's already put up numbers, as you mentioned, I think 19 points, 10 rebounds a game, whatever, you know, close to those numbers were back in Memphis. But uh, Bill Self, super impressed with him in practice. He's not a guy that is, super duper athletic and he's not a guy that's you know an, an Andrew Wiggins type gonna oh my gosh wow you with uh with the physical tools that he has but he's just crafty and he's the type of guy that has really thrived in Bill Self systems of the past I mentioned last year how they played the four out you know one in sort of style this gets Bill Self back to to the play the way he's played offensively uh so many years in a row and if you look at how Guys like that have fared in the past for Bill Self, you know, Marcus Morris or Perry Ellis. I mean, there is a blueprint there for someone like that to have a huge statistical season. And not only that, Bill Self keeps talking about how Diedrich is one of the best passers they've ever had in the program. And so if he can you know, create for himself, make those mid-range jumpers, um, get inside and, and kind of work with the angles of KU's offense where Bill Self has done so well over time at getting guys easy baskets by getting them uh, the ball in good space where they can make layups. You add that to a, a guy who's able to pass and, and open up his teammates. And then, as I mentioned before, um, a coach in Bill Self who has opened himself up to allowing more three-point shots. If, if you're allowing a guy like that uh, to, to fire away from three, I definitely think you can see a player of the year type of, of season for Derek Lawson. He would be my pick for Big 12 preseason player of the year if it was going into it. KJ's a little bit different, and I honestly don't know how they're going to use KJ, and I'm not sure if you gave them truth serum if they know how they're going to use KJ Lawson. Um, the thing that you hear Bill Self say with him more than anything is just a jack-of-all-trades, that he can do a lot of different things. Uh, he kind of reminded kind of reminded me, you know, when they're talking about him in that way, it's, it's almost like, uh, to use a baseball reference around here, you know, Alex Gordon for the Royals. He's, he's not 
great at any particular thing. I mean, he's really good at defense, but like he's just good across the line. He's got a little bit of power and a little bit of speed and a little bit of walks. And you kind of put all those together and you have a pretty good above average player. And that's kind of what it's like with KJ. You know, he can shoot a little bit. He can defend a little bit. And the thing about him, I'm not sure right now, is where they're going to put him because he would be a big three or he would be a small four. And historically for KU, when Bill Phelps has had that type of player, like a Jamari trailer, he's always played him as, a, as an undersized four. But, you know, talking to KJ in the offseason, he considers himself a big three. Uh, the question is whether he can guard the three on the other team. Uh, we, you know, that, that will be the big thing to, to, for him to prove throughout the season that he can kind of move his feet and stay with those guys. But, you know, they intend on playing him, and they intend on getting him a role. I just don't know what that role is, and that could change also based on uh, the personnel around him and who's playing well at a particular time, too. So I think both guys will have an impact on the program this year, but obviously Diedrich is the one to watch out for because uh, he would be the guy I would consider the favorite if you're looking for a Big 12 player of the year type coming from Kansas. He's the one to watch for. He's the one that builds off that high expectation for. You know, that's a good point. And, and KJ's biggest contribution, you know, he'll, he'll be in there from time to time, but could be leadership because this is a, a deep, young Kansas team. They have just one returning starter in LeGerald Vick. That's their senior. That was a big, big return, I think, for KU when he decided to come back after declaring for the draft. They lost over 46 points per game with Devontae Graham, Svima Hylik, and Malik Newman leaving early, but they do return Vick and seven foot, 280 pound big man Yudoka Azabuki. The leadership is going to be a key thing. And and I would think especially Vic is going to be someone that's going to have to, you know, show the way here for a lot of these new players. Yeah, maybe. I, that's what's so interesting about this dynamic is that everybody thought LaGerald Vic was going to be gone after the season, including the coaching staff. He declared for the draft and then basically pulled his name out without anybody knowing for a few days and had no options. And so he met up with Bill Self and Bill Self kind of had a list, laundry list of things. Hey, if you're coming back, this needs to happen. This, 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 and this. And, Lajerovic agreed to it, so we'll see. I mean, Bill Self has said some very good things about Lajerovic over over the offseason, about how he's changed his attitude. He's been great in their boot camp, which is like their their preseason uh, running drills where they kind of come together and conditioning, all those sorts of things. But uh, to be completely honest with you, it's kind of weird when you're talking about leadership because I, I definitely agree with you. I, I think K.J. Lawson might be the best leader that this team has, and that's weird to say about a guy who's played zero minutes per camp. Uh, Yudoka Azubuki comes back after three years, but he is not a, a vocal leader, and he's not a guy with body language that you would expect to kind of grab guys and, and have them follow him in the huddle. And well, Gerald Vick is the same way, very much a quiet guy, um, kind of lets the actions uh, speak for themselves. And again, uh, through past things that have happened to him throughout the program, also not a guy that really has been um, exactly a model citizen, if you will, uh, throughout his time at Kansas. Now, again, Bill Self has said, glowing things about him in the offseason, so he's he's handled his business there, and maybe that can be a change for him, but he's never really been a vocal guy as well. So that, that leadership, I don't know exactly where it comes from, and a lot of times Bill Self can kind of manufacture it himself. He can kind of become the leader. He's the one that kind of rallies the troops and, and makes sure that there's one voice to listen to, and if no one else is going to step up, that's him. But the, the, ones, the one you lost from last year is the big one that's been that's been around the program for three years, and that's Devontae Graham. Well, he's around the program for four years, but really a leader leader for three years because he was even asked to kind of lead as a sophomore from Bill Self because was not afraid of his own voice, had the personality to do it. So uh, KU will be missing that voice in there. So I don't know exactly who steps up. Uh, I think you're right with KJ, but if he doesn't play a lot, it's, it's tough to lead from the bench, you know, if that makes any sense. So 
um, yeah, that'll be something to track this whole year. I'm sure it'll be a storyline that we talk about over and over again because out of the guys that are their best players, I, I don't know that any of them are, are naturally ones that step in and, and can talk a lot. Maybe Dinkirk is a guy that can do that. I, I don't know. That kind of remains to be seen at this point. But uh, that will be something that will be uh, talked about throughout the rest of this year just because a lot of the other things that you want to talk about with Kansas are things that are going to be discussed much just because uh, this team definitely looks loaded talent-wise and seems to have the type of depth that Bill Self loves to have uh, in the ones that uh, the type of depth that he's had in his tenure that have really resulted in teams that have been dominant teams. Yeah, and that's what's really interesting about this year because he is used to having a great point guard. Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, the leadership role, the point guard starting position go hand in hand. So that is a big void here. And, you know, we noticed last year that Duke kind of struggled not having a true point guard. Duvall really wasn't the guy who facilitated things. They they found their way through, but they did struggle on assignments. And I, I think that that really is the key question. So it transitions to my next one, which is, I think Bill Self would be better starting off an experienced guy like Charlie Moore over the super frosh uh, Devin Dotson, especially to start for that reason. I think you need a, a table setter. I think you need to put all these guys with all the talent and all the depth, which KU has not had recently, and they actually have this year. I think someone to sort of control the tempo. What are your thoughts on the point guard spot, and, and how do you think Self is going to rotate these guys, and, and who's going to take up that spot that Mason and Graham have, have left uh, voided? Yeah, it's uh, it's subject to change, obviously, and it's tricky with point guards at Kansas and guards in general at Kansas because if you look at it over time, there's been a lot of instances where KU's guards have freshman guards have not been ready to play right away. I mean, you can go back even Mario Chalmers' freshman year. There was a kind of a big moment where uh, Stephen Vincent, a walk-on, started in front of him. Bill Self used it as kind of a motivational tool when Mario Chalmers was not playing well. We obviously know Mario Chalmers turned out to be a pretty good guard. And then, you know, Steve McKayluk, his freshman year, he started early and played some and then basically got buried on the bench for a while. Kelly Oubre is another example. Uh, early on in his freshman season, he struggled to get on the court. So it doesn't always come together right away for point guards. Having said all that, every indication that we've kind of been getting from Bill Self, the coaching staff, maybe whispers from practice, is that Devon Dawson is going to start for Kansas as point guard. And the things that, that Bill Self says about Charlie Moore are kind of interesting. You know, he says that, He's not really a true point guard, and I know he said that about Frank Mason, too, and still played Frank Mason in point guard, but he says he's more of a combo guard at his size. Uh, he'll provide some shooting for Kansas, which is definitely needed, but I also wonder about his defense, his defensive skills just because um, I, I don't know that they are sold on him as being a starting point guard. I was with you in the offseason. I thought that Charlie Moore would be the natural choice, at least a guy who's played a year of college basketball, has been around the program for an entire year, but again, the, the closer we get to the season and the more of it we hear, I think it would be a major surprise if Devon Dotson is not the starting point, or starting point guard for Kansas. And they love his speed. They love the tempo that he plays out. I, I think they like what he can do defensively with his quickness. And Bill Self has kind of praised him for, for those sorts of qualities. Uh, once again, we kind of have to take a, a step back and say, is this going to happen this year? You know, is, is Bill Self going to start a freshman point guard from day one? It did happen with Frank Mason back a few years ago, and really he was not even a shade of the Frank Mason that you saw later on in his career. You know, he had a really super slow release on his jump shot. Uh, he wasn't the type of offensive player that he was, you know, as he was later in his career, but he did start early on in his career. So maybe there is a blueprint for Devon Dotson to get in there. So I, I would say at this point, it would be considered a surprise if he is not the starting point guard with Charlie Moore still getting a bunch of minutes. And we can talk about weaknesses for this Kansas team, but Charlie Moore does provide that one thing 
that this Kansas team might need quite a bit this year, which is outside shooting. And after making so many or forcing so many problems on other defenses last year with outside shooting, I think those seven coaching staff understand that it is important to have a floor spacer out there. And so I, I could see definitely a lot of playing time still for Charlie Moore because that's the one thing he does better probably than anybody else on the team, which is he can hit an outside shot and even hit one that's one or two steps beyond the three-point line. And like we said, is deep. You, you, they are going to be able to bring guys in, no matter whether there's foul trouble or, or whatever. But Sam Cunliffe did leave. He left the program, so that hurt a little bit. And of course, Sylvia D'Souza, who played very, very well in the tournament, has just been mentioned, of course, in connection with this investigation and whether he got money to go to Kansas. So I, I don't know if you have any update that, but I'm curious what you're hearing about D'Souza. Is this going to be a non-issue? Is, is it something that could really take him off the team for a little bit of time? And of course, there's other guys there as well David McCormack coming in a big guy inside so they do have some depth but it's it's a little tenuous in some ways depending on what happens to D'Souza yeah uh it's interesting with Silvio because it's almost like you just have to let it play out because I think everybody around here is just kind of waiting to see what happens in that trial and what is uh fully released and the information that is you know verifiable there was the change over the offseason and the NCAA made it basically so that they could use information from outside agencies if they want to enforce rules. So in this case, you would think, okay, the DSLA might have a leg to stand on here if they want to go after uh, Sylvia DeSosa and try to punish him for if he did accept funds or whether his him or his guardian did in this case. So I just think it's too early right now to know. Bill Self, throughout this whole time, has basically stayed on the same stance, which is that Silvio was cleared through the NCAA clearinghouse to play, and he's heard nothing different from the NCAA otherwise. And basically saying, hey, that could change over time, but as it stood, you know, from the last time we talked to him about it, it's like, hey, the NCAA said he was eligible, so Kansas played him, and if something changes in the future, then you kind of cross that bridge when it comes there. But uh, I think you still make a good point. I don't know um, for Kansas, look, Sylvia's a great kid, and he would provide them some depth, all those sorts of things, but I don't know that that's this type of, especially with the depth that they have, if you're looking at this from a huge big picture perspective, are you going to play a player who you're unsure about his eligibility or unsure if the NCAA could come after you, you know, in the future to say, hey, we want to take away this game and this game and this game because you played this player? I don't know how deep KU wants to go down that road uh, when it comes to one particular player, especially with the depth that they have in their front court this year when you can say, hey, look, there is. Cedric Lawson, Yudoka Azubuki, KJ Lawson, if you want to play him big, Mitch White, who's been with the program, David McCormack, who's a five-star recruit. You know, you have all these bodies you can play anyway. And, and that's not to say that you don't care about the kid and you don't care about Sylvia DeSosa and his future. But um, if it becomes murky, I, I could definitely see a future scenario where Kansas might just say, hey, Sylvia, you know, we tried all we could with this, but um, it's not best for uh, the program or really probably for you to, to continue to play here and have everybody wonder about your status and have these questions moving forward. So it's surely to tell that right now. And like I said, from this point up to this point, Bill Self has thrown his support behind Silvio and said that, you know, because he's been clear by the NCAA, the KU is going to continue to work on that knowledge until they are told differently. So it might take the NCAA telling them something differently, or it might take some more allegations coming out of this trial. At this point, it's just a little bit too early to tell. Uh, but he's on the roster now, you know, he's in the team photos and going to, I'm sure going to be part of media day, all those sorts of things. So, uh, at this point, he remains a part of KU's team, but I think that definitely is something that could change, especially if new allegations come out or, or something new comes out of this trial in New York. If that happens, then his status definitely could be, could be altered here over the next month or two. 
Jesse, we appreciate a few minutes. I just have one more question, then we'll get you out of here. If you look at the competition, especially versus last year in the Big 12, it's very polarized this year. My opinion, you have Kansas, you have Kansas State, of course, after they had a great run in the tournament. And then there's a big difference between those two teams and the rest of the Big 12. So what's interesting is last year, where everyone thought Kansas was really going to be challenged, and they make it through and win another Big 12 title. Now this year, it just seems like the focus and the competition is a lot more narrow. So it's Kansas, Kansas State, Final Four trip last year. They have a number one recruiting class in the Big 12. The Jayhawks do. It was number five nationally. They have the seven-footer in Azubuki, Azubuki returning, senior leadership, the deep bench, Bill Self. I'm curious, where do you see the Jayhawks finishing in the Big 12 this season, and, and how do you think that point guard situation will shake out come tournament time? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give you anything that's too crazy here. I think I'm going to be like every other national expert in the entire world that's going to say the Kansas is going to win the Big 12. But I mentioned earlier, you know, this really has the feeling of um, maybe a 2010 Kansas team where, you know, they roll through the regular season, only a couple losses, or a, a 2018, which was the same way, you know, ended up with the national title. These sort of teams from Bill Self don't come around too often. And while he was happy last year, uh, and I mean, obviously pleased that that team bumped up against the ceiling and was able to get to the final four, I think this year has a different feel to it because if this year's team isn't really, really, really good. I think Bill Self will take that kind of personally because he has everything that he wants. You know, he has rebounders. He has shot blockers. He has death in the post. He has an, an all-American type player in Dedrick Lawson. You know, he has uh, returning guys, even if they're not great leaders. You know, he has guys that have experience. He has super talented freshmen. And we barely even talked about Quentin Grimes, who probably will be a lottery pick next year. And then he said Devon Dotson and, and David McCormick, who are also top 25 freshmen. I mean, if he could hand-select his roster, it'd be pretty close to what you would say that this team is. I mean, so this has the potential to be – he's got a tough schedule, but but this has the potential to be one of those teams that Bill Self has had where you just say, yeah, that is the number one team in the NCAA tournament. You know, that is the number one overall seed. That team rolls through the regular season, and then you see what happens in the NCAA tournament. So having said that, yeah, KU's the pick for the Big 12. I would add West Virginia on there too. Um, you know, they got – uh, their boy Kanate back, so uh, that adds to them. And it seems like Bob Huggins always seems to to have his style working. And they they give KU problems at the Fieldhouse, even if they don't win every single year. And that's been a tough place to win for KU in Morgantown. I know they won last year, but that's been kind of a, a rare thing for for KU to get that win out there. They had to rally from big time down last year to get it done. But um, the point guard situation, I guess we'll see. Um, Bill Self has even mentioned Grimes playing a little bit of point guard for Kansas. We'll see how that goes moving forward. I, I don't envision him doing at a whole bunch for KU, but I think he has faith in Devon Dotson, and I think that Charlie Moore will get a ton of minutes uh, as well if, if they need him to and if the shooting comes around. But I think overall for this Kansas team, um, you would kind of be crazy to not pick them to win the Big 12. I know K-State's going to be talented, returns all their players. West Virginia could present a challenge as well, but this could be one of, quote, those KU teams. This could be one of those teams where you're saying, hey, this is the team to beat going in the NCAA tournament. Things happen in the tournament. You know, we all know that. You know, it's tough to win six games in a row, all those sorts of things. But I think Bill Self will be very disappointed if he can't get this team playing at a higher level than he did last year's team because he feels like this team is, is much, much better. And so I think you go into the season knowing that and you go into the season knowing that KU wins the Big 12 most years anyway. Uh, yeah, this will be a team that he expects, fans expect, 
everyone expects to win the Big 12. And if it doesn't happen, I think it'll be a pretty shocking thing. I'm with you. I think uh, everything sets up here that he has a a vault full of riches that he's wanted, and he's done a lot more with less. So this is a big year for Kansas. I expect another Big 12 title and, and setting them up for a nice run in the NCAA tournament towards a national championship. Uh, Jesse, we can't thank you enough, folks. That's Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star, Kansas Jayhawks beat reporter. Please follow him. He's a great follow. Gives you all the insight there on Twitter at Jesse Newell. Jesse, thanks so much. Our team preview series is rolling, and we have to start with the Jayhawks because they're going to be right at the top in the 2018-2019 college basketball season. Yeah, like like I said, I wouldn't think I'm telling you anything crazy. They should be number one or number two out there, so uh, we'll see where the season goes. But I, I know that Bill Self is excited about his team, and uh, it could could end up in another Final Four. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. Thanks, Jesse, so much. We'll catch up with you during the season. Sounds good. was Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star giving us some great insight there on the Kansas Jayhawks basketball program for the upcoming season. We're going to review everything that Jesse said in a moment, but I just want to take a second here to remind you that, of course, watching college basketball is fun, but it's always a little more fun when you have something on the game there, some action. So you heard me talking about my bookie last year. Gus talked about it as well. It's where we go to place our bets. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, we really feel you should be betting at my bookie. If you like to bet a little bit and turn into a big win, they have great parts. You can put three teams together, five teams together, and turn something like $100 into $600 or more. You can bet on college basketball. You can bet on all the major sports. Take the MMA this weekend, for example. Conor McGregor steps up into the octagon on Saturday for his first UFC fight in two years. You can bet on things like whether he's going to win straight up or whether Khabib is going to deliver a first-round KO. There's so much great stuff there. Gus and I recommend them because we really trust them. It's the one bet that I know I'm going to be happy with during the season. My bookie has been in business for years. they got great online reviews and the mobile site is super easy to use. So if you're sitting there watching the games coming up in the college basketball season, make sure you get in the game. My bookie's going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar, but you got to join now because they're going to be pulling that offer soon. Log on to my bookie right now to double your money. Use the promo code SDS. That's right, the promo code SDS and your first deposit will be matched 100%. So go to my bookie, use the promo code SDS because when you play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.com we thank Jesse Newell for joining us here on the team preview series for Screen the Screen or the Kansas Jayhawks preview. He gave us a ton of great information about the Jayhawks, and this really is a contrast into the styles and, and seasons as to what's going to go on this year or the expectations for this year versus what went on last year. At this time last year, everyone thought Kansas was vulnerable. They had Devontae Graham back, but they had lost Frank Mason. They had a tough loss with Frank Mason there and when they thought they were shooing to go to the Final Four there with Oregon. So playing at home in Kansas City, and that was a tough loss in the NCAA tournament. So people thought they looked vulnerable, as I did as well. I was talking about TCU at this time last year. We were talking about West Virginia, bringing back Miles and bringing back Javon Carter, a a senior backcourt there with Bob Huggins. And, of course, Kansas State came on late, and then Trey Young ended up playing magnificently early on in the season. And so we really thought we had a wide-open Big 12, but that is not what happened. This was a tumultuous time there for Kansas last year, and there were so many things that went on 
that we may have forgotten. You know, they start the year off and they have seven wins in a row. They end up beating Syracuse and Texas Southern. They did beat Kentucky in the second game of the year, 65-61. So they got off to a good start. But then they lose at home to Washington. Again, I know that that was in Kansas City, but it certainly was more home game than it was for Washington. And then they lose at home in Fog Allen to Arizona State and get blown out. And then from there, they have a couple wins. They end up losing at home to Texas Tech again. So by the time the calendar turned on January 2nd, Kansas had lost twice badly at home and had lost in Kansas City to Washington. So we were looking at a 11-3 team going in on January 2nd down to TCU. And I remember Gus and I talked about that game at TCU, and we felt that TCU was absolutely going to win. But sure enough, Kansas pulls it out again. They continue to go on a run. They win at West Virginia. Then they end up losing Oklahoma to Trey Young, 85-80. But at that point, they sort of righted the ship, and they were 16-4 and and 6-2. and But things then changed when they lost at home badly to Oklahoma State. If you remember, Self was really mad at his team for a lack of effort. He actually pulled LeGerald Vick out of the starting lineup after that game and went with Mitch Lightfoot. Just an incredible move, which worked against the TCU game at home they won. But then they get blown out at Baylor, 80-64. to So really, this was an up-and-down year. But they found a way to win the Big 12. They finished off in, in grand style there. They um, beat Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and West Virginia there at the end of the year to win the Big 12 tournament. And the other interesting thing was they got swept by Oklahoma State for the first time, I think, in, in a Bill Self God, in all his years at Kansas, they actually got swept by a Big 12 opponent. They were swept by Oklahoma State. But once they went into the tournament, they sort of got things going. And I would say that they really picked it up in the second half of the Pennsylvania game. Remember the 116, and Gus and I talking about that 16 was going to be to one. We just didn't think it was Penn. But they gave a, a good ride to Kansas there and kept that game close. But in the second half, Devontae Graham had 29 points. Mitch Lightfoot had 11 rebounds. They really turned it on and moved forward. They dominated Seton Hall for most of the game, I would say. Seton Hall made it close at the end. But Malik Newman was on fire with 28 points. They then beat Clemson. Then the tremendous overtime win over Duke in the Elite Eight to make the Final Four. Malik Newman, 32 points. Just an incredible game. And then they ran into the buzzsaw that is Villanova. But certainly was a very successful season. Bill Selt's 14th straight Big 12 championship and a Final Four berth. But when we look at it this year... It's a different team. They don't have that senior leadership at point guard. You heard Jesse talk about Charlie Moore. I think Charlie Moore should be the starter. He was saying that's the way he was leaning, but it certainly seems like Devon Dotson is going to be the starting point guard there for Kansas, the five-star recruit coming in. And he says that Bill Self has had his starting point guards before who were freshmen. He referred to Frank Mason, but said sometimes they struggle. So it looks like he may go in that direction. Charlie Moore can come off the bench. Nice three-point shooter. Maybe one of the few three-point shooters for this team. And that's something they're going to have to work on. But it looks like he's going to go there. Of course, he's got Quentin Grimes as well. But the issue recently, and we touched on it with Jesse, is about Silvio De Souza. De Souza has been exposed in this court case that's coming up in the charges here. Talking about him taking money, it's certainly possible that they could lose to Souza and he could be suspended or possibly even be part of taking some of the wins back from last year because he played. I would doubt that would happen. You know I'm not a big fan of that. I don't like going back and taking wins away when we saw the players play. He was there. He played in the game. He played in a fair game. Whether he took money or not to go to Kansas, if you want to suspend him and and allow him to not play, prevent him from playing this year, I have no problem with that. But I hope they don't go back and take some of those wins 
runs away, but he could be gone, which would hurt their bench, but I wouldn't say that it would devastate them because they do have uh, David McCormack, 6'10", 265, freshman coming in from Oak Hill Academy. So he's somebody who could play as well. And remember, DeSouza didn't play a lot during most of the year. He played in the tournament and he played well, but with the recruiting group that they have coming in, which is number one in the Big 12, like I said, number five overall, I think they can absorb losing to Souza. I think the key is going to be the point guard play. The key is going to be Devon Dotson, Charlie Moore, who's going to take the role there. Remember, this is a team that is going to have one senior and the only senior is LeGerald Vick. Now, LeGerald Vick, who was benched last year for Mitch Lightfoot. So not a lot of leadership, but an awful lot of talent and a much deeper bench than we're used to. And of course, the huge, huge deal is the transfer of the Lawson brothers, Diedrich Lawson and KJ Lawson. You talked about, you heard Jesse talk about Diedrich Lawson and how he really could be that good of a player. 19 points, 10 rebounds in Memphis as a sophomore, but he comes in here and could make a massive, massive impact and could possibly deliver the third consecutive Big 12 player of the year for the Jayhawks. would be unbelievable. But he says he is the real deal as advertised. K.J. Lawson is coming off the bench, so he's going to be you know, possibly a leadership role for a transfer player who hasn't been in the program yet for a real game, but he could be a leader as well because they question you know, LeGerald Vick a little bit. But Bill Self's going to keep it together. This is going to be a very strong team. I think their floor is very high. I don't see West Virginia as a legitimate challenge. You heard him talk about West Virginia. I cannot see, folks, how West Virginia can give Kansas a legitimate run when last year, with some solid bigs, Kanate was there, and a fantastic all-senior starting backcourt. I don't see how this year, with all the question marks, just because they have size up front, I don't see how they're going to be Kansas. It just doesn't add up to me. I do think Kansas State has a shot. I think Kansas State can beat them in the Octagon of Doom, which will happen first on Tuesday, February 5th. So they don't play Kansas State until February, but that game is on the road. Then they're going to play Kansas State at home. So certainly that's a game that you could mark on your calendar. It's going to be a tough run there in that late January, February schedule for Kansas. They are going to play at Kentucky in what's a huge game. Then they have to go to Texas. Then they're going to host Texas Tech. They should be okay there. And then they go to Kansas State. And oh, by the way, right after that comes Oklahoma State, who swept them last year. So this is a difficult schedule for this team. I do think they're going to beat Kansas State. I think they will win their 15th consecutive Big 12 championship. That's astonishing. But they're going to have a juggernaut of a schedule to do it. And even if you look at their non-conference, they're going to open with Michigan State, of course, and the kickoff there on, on November 6th. Then they play Vermont, Louisiana. Vermont won't be easy. Then they play Marquette on Wednesday, November 21st. That's going to be an up-and-down game. That's certainly going to be a game with a player like Marcus Howard who's coming to his junior year. Last year, he dropped 52. He averaged 20 points a game. He could eat up those rookies, those freshmen there for Kansas. So that's definitely possible. But that's an absolute tough game. Then they have Stanford, Wofford. Don't sleep on Wofford. Ask North Carolina. New Mexico State. They have Villanova on Saturday, December 15th. South Dakota, Arizona State, Eastern Michigan before they start the Big 12 schedule. So big year for Kansas coming up. They have a lot of depth. They have a top recruiting class. And you heard Jesse sort of allude to it. Last year, it wasn't as expected. So there was a real positive feeling. But he knows that if Bill Self and these Kansas fans, if they don't have a strong year this year, winning the Big 12 is not good enough. That's crazy to say, right? But it's true. He's a victim of his own success. Winning the Big 12 will not be good enough. They need at least a Final Four. And you heard Jesse say they may even be a little bit disappointed 
with just a Final Four. They're looking for that national championship. If he gets it, I think he cements everything in Kansas. He's a legendary coach, but only having the one title. The one title in which Mario Chalmers saved him and Memphis missed a lot of free throws in that game. That is something at these blue blood schools they want more of. So it's a shame. It's unfair to have that pressure on Bill Self, but he gets paid well and he's been massively successful as a Hall of Famer. I certainly know he can take it, but the expectations this year are the Big 12 title is just getting warmed up. They do not want an Elite Eight. You know the nickname Elite Eight Bill. Little unfair there, but it's true sometimes because he's been there a lot and he stumbled, especially a couple of years ago with Frank Mason in Kansas City against a Chris Boucher Lest Oregon team. So this is a year that they really need that national title. Final four in a Big Twelve would be okay, I guess, but with the talent they have, with Grimes, with Dotson, the Lawson brothers transferring, McCormick off the bench, Legerel Vick back, Udoka Azabuki inside just has to work on his free throws. This is a high, high quality team and a team that really is looking at national championship or bust. And that's going to do it for the Kansas Jayhawks preview. We appreciate you listening here on the Screen the Screener podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd love five stars and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us on the podcast. Please be sure to visit our YouTube channel, Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. We have some great videos up there for you. Follow myself at Randall Ramp, my partner Gus at Currents 12 and the podcast, of course, at SDS Podcast. We appreciate you folks, and we're just getting warmed up. We're going to have a ton more of these coming your way. Let us know. Follow us on Patreon. If you want us to get your favorite team and you feel we're not doing it, join the Patreon community. You get an extra pod or video log on Saturday morning delivered to your inbox there. You get a T-shirt, and you get input into the show. So if you want to see us cover something or you want to hear us preview a team, Join Patreon for $6, folks. It's the best deal out there. You're getting a ton of stuff and extra pods each and every month. Thank you so much, folks. We're excited. College basketball season is back, and the Beat Reporter Screen the Screener College Basketball Team Preview Series is officially underway. 